everybody. Welcome to The Rundown with Ramon. My name is Ramon Ray. You can get to know me better at RamonRay.com or find out more things we do at ZoneOfGenius.com or CelebrityCEO.com. Welcome, Ben, head of AWS Small Business. I'm sure I pronounced that title wrong a bit, but Ben will correct me the exact title a bit. But Ben, glad you're here with us today of AWS Amazon Web Services. I hope you, your family, and friends are well today. How are you, Ben? Oh, man, it's great to see you. Uh, happy to be here and uh, doing great, man. I love it. I'm glad you're here. What is your formal title, if there is one, at AWS? At AWS, I'm responsible for the head of business innovation in our small and medium business segment. And so uh, I I help uh, small and medium businesses grow uh, and grow effectively and efficiently uh, and really try to innovate and push the envelope so that they can be the disruptors for their industry, instead of being the disrupted, uh, as technology can often uh, cause some cause some challenges for some. So sure uh, we and I am here to help. I love that. I love that. I want to get back to a little bit of your background, Ben, and who you are. Before we do that, right at the top, though, can you help us understand what is Amazon Web Services AWS and what is it not? Feel free to speak to, 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 to whoever you want to. You could speak to that layperson business owner who's who's really not sure uh, and or the one who's pretty advanced. You know, hey, you, you already know AWS, but here's why. So take feel free to take your time, but just unpack what is it? Who's it for? And if you like, sometimes it's nice to say, here's what we're not, but take your time on that one. Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, so let's start with, you've, you've heard of the cloud mm -hmm. and AWS is the cloud. They're actually the, we're the founders of the cloud. We started uh, that that concept mm -hmm. uh, back in 2006. Uh, we, we had a, a developed an expertise uh, in operating data centers at scale for this small website that I think you've heard of, Amazon.com. My garage is full of your boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate your business, sir, um, very much. Uh, and so over time, uh, that was a pretty demanding customer of uh, technology. And we developed operational excellence at scale and decided uh, through our working backwards process, which is a unique innovation process that uh, permeates all of Amazon, uh, to offer uh, some of our cloud services out to other businesses. And that was a new business model back in 2006. Uh, and we have been iterating on that idea ever since. And so for your audience, it, it is the cloud, which is nebulous and uh, uh, you know uh, maybe uh, hard, hard to touch or reach. But what it is basically uh, is uh, leveraging someone else's computer, right? At the, at the core of what it is, and many of your customers have a website yep. that is hosted somewhere on a computer and, and maybe they've never seen it, don't know where it is, and that's okay. But just know that that most software and, uh, and websites are on a computer somewhere. Uh, and uh, AWS operates the, the largest infrastructure network around the world of those computers. And we've architected a very resilient right, uh, uh, solution, uh, a very affordable solution. Um, and it allows uh, small and medium businesses. We like to say uh, we've democratized technology. So a lot of technologies, only uh, real big, large enterprises could afford, right? Because they had to buy huge data centers and all this hardware and everything else, all that upfront investment 
was cost prohibitive to the the smaller guys and gals out there that are are growing their emerging business, right? And and we wanted to make it so that even they could have access to this technology. So they basically rent uh, compute from us mm -hmm. or storage or whatever else, mm -hmm. but they only pay for what they use. And this is the big difference between kind of the traditional way of doing technology where you, you buy a server and you put software on it. Um, where for us, you you just rent it. If you're not using it in the evening, you can turn it off and you don't pay us in the evening. If you don't operate on the weekends, you can turn it off for the weekend and you only pay for what you use. And so that's really um, the big difference between the cloud and how we deliver IT uh, to kind of the traditional model where you would buy a server and install some software. Um, so does that help answer the question? It, it does. It's yeah, wonderful. Right. And I All have right. one follow-up, yeah, and then feel free to take the conversation where you like, is that can you understand the difference? And I will usually I don't mention some brand names, but I'm going to mention that for sake of this, you'll understand where I'm going. There's Wix and Squarespace, another WordPress site. You know, I'm building my Word site. Does AWS play in that? And I know for sure, though, it's that startup that wants to build the new texting system, order payment, the cloud, as we know, it, the app. I know you're there, but just help sure. me also understand the the regular, I'm creating a blog or website. You're like, no, that's for us too. Or is it kind of different things, even though they're both in the cloud? Could you help me understand well, that? And that's just it. You said it right there at the end is it's, a lot of your constituents probably are using stuff that's on AWS and you have no idea, right? Uh, like for example, QuickBooks, right. uh, Intuit, right? Many many people use that for their accounting software. Uh, their SaaS offering is, mm -hmm. is, is on AWS, right? And so um, we believe, right, that uh, you should have a choice and, and more independent software is available in our marketplace where you can go like, you know, think of it like the app store. You can go and, and buy apps um, and uh, and you can actually put WordPress uh, up on a server if you wanted to do it yourself, right? And this is really the difference is um, what do you want to be in control of? And then what do you want to have somebody else be in control of? And and I have seen many companies evolve, right? Where where they want to be in control and then they figure out it, it's taking more time and more energy than it's that it's probably worth. And so they want somebody else to do it for them. Uh, and then you have others where they have somebody else doing it for them and it's not meeting their needs. And so they take back control and, and want to do it themselves. And so, I mean, the, the simple answer is, unfortunately, it it depends. Um, you know, you can go and, and get all kinds of software right now from our marketplace and, and run it. Um, or you could go straight to a software vendor and, and many of them, most of them, and there are thousands and thousands of them that are built on top of, of AWS and are part of our partner network, our technology partner network. I know there's a few people, Ben, that have fax machines. And oh my God. People yes. still have VCRs and a few people still have rabbit ears in their TV somewhere. Are there still people that have boxes of computers in some closet somewhere with dust on it and an ISDN or T1 line like I'm getting at that are still their servers by their left knee or pretty much is that old score? There's still companies. I know larger companies. I'm sure they still battling cloud or no cloud and all this. But for smaller businesses, are you still coming across some that have a good old server and a, you know, brand computer or is that pretty much not anymore? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. There are more people that have that than are in the cloud. 
Okay, so there's an opportunity for growth. There's, this market is still newish in that. This is this is, and our our CEO does a good job. I believe it's it's only double digit, so in the in the low teens of percentages sure. of cloud of of workloads, right? I think applications running on a server or somewhere are in the cloud itself, mm-hmm. right? So it's actually a very small percentage, um, which just means that there's a ton of growth uh, to be had, and really it comes down to a customer, you, you have to be dissatisfied in order to change, right? Something has to not be working. And it's, this is a human condition, right? Like we don't change unless something, you know, is, is really pressing. Um, and for a lot of folks, that older way of doing technology, it, it works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, but at some point in time, when you realize that it's not the best use of time to buy, and if you think about it, let's think about just storage. Let's use that example, right? Maybe it's storing your pictures, storing whatever. You, if you're in the old way of doing things with true physical hardware, you have to buy more storage than you need, right? Right? Because you you want to be able to save your pictures or your videos or your recordings like you do, and you want to be able to save them, and there needs to be space there, right? Well, every company that's bought more storage than they need has this asset sitting there underutilized. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all the compute in the US, uh, we've got a study out there that says that our data centers run three and a half times. And I'll say it again, three and a half times more efficiently than the average data center that's out there, right? And the reason is we we have a lot more people sure. automating processes, r- applying best practices, and if your business isn't actually delivering IT services, then it's something you have to do. Um, it's a necessary evil. You hear people refer to it as a cost center, but it's not your core competency. It's not what you deliver to your customers. It's a part of it, but it's not your core competency. And really what we want to do is free people up. And, it, and it's time. We want to free people's time to spend more time value add with their customers making a difference for their customers, responding to customer needs, then spending time doing things like putting a server in a rack and screwing it in and making sure the cables are all connected correctly. Um, That's just not uh, a differentiator for a small business by any means. Hmm. Um, And we want to say, we'll do that for you so that you can spend more time with your customers. But Ben, let me ask you this, Ben, with me doing my own server and rack, you know, Frederica or George is down in the lobby they're securing it. I know who's in. I have the keys onto my closet right here on my hip. I can lock it. I can yeah. see the little red light on that knows it's okay with the cloud, AWS or otherwise. Ben, I can't see it. It's just out there. That worries me. What do you say to those people? And is that a fair question or is Ramon just, you know, or is that something that's a common misconception? Ramon, it's a fair question. It's a okay. fair question. Absolutely. And it really, it comes down to reliability. Okay. It comes down to trust and it comes down to security. Mm. And so uh, there was a time, again, where people could operate and secure their facilities and 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 have peace of mind that they knew where everything was. And I would submit to you and your entire audience, right, that the, the security landscape nowadays when it comes to technology, is a, it's, a, it's a scary one. There are, uh, you know, organizations... Mm-hmm determined to be disruptive not just a, a kid in the basement 
it, you know it, what it, they call it, uh, kitty it, kitty scripting or whatever. It got a little yes. tool. There's script, script kitties. People. Yes, exactly right. Yes, <laughs> this is. I mean, it's nations. It's yeah. it's uh, organized crime. I mean, there really are bad people out there looking to take advantage of guess who those who are the least prepared to defend themselves mm. so most small and medium businesses do not have a CISO right which is the fancy title of the chief security officer because they their chief security officer is the IT guy or gal right they're or the themselves chief cook and bottle washer too right That's I mean right. they they all have to wear all these hats and it's the small businesses that just don't have the staff or the expertise to do nothing but security. Guess what? AWS has way more resources and we, what we, what we call it a shared responsibility model. Mm. Okay. And so in the, in the old model, you describe Ramon, the responsibility is all on the proprietor. It's all on the business owner, right? And they have full responsibility. And, and for some people that's peace of mind. In our shared responsibility more, we take responsibility for securing the cloud, mm. securing the data center, making sure that nobody knows how to just walk in and you don't need a key because you don't know even know where it is, right? Which helps obscure to make it a little more mm -hmm. harder to get to. We also follow a ton of best practices and have been audited, as you can imagine, around the world by some of the most demanding of organizations, including governments large uh, financial institutions that have a, a pretty high bar, as you would imagine, for security. Mm. And we meet their standards. And anyone in your audience that decides to come to AWS automatically inherits all of that best practice. Mm -hmm. I would submit to you, I doubt any of your audience is following all of those best practices because it's, it's a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time and, and quite frankly, a lot of money. Um, and so they benefit from that. So we secure the cloud. And the reason we call it a shared responsibility is, is the proprietor, right? The customer has to secure their data mm -hmm. and their applications, right? And that's why we share it. So we secure, secure the cloud, but you have to secure what you put in the cloud. And that's why it's a shared model. But now you're focused just on your data, your applications and not all the servers and all the wires and the physical security. So you now have freed up time to spend it on the things that matter, which is securing your data, right? And making sure your application is secure. Very important. One of the stats I'll share with you is uh, we've got uh, uh, studies that show uh, customers telling us that after coming to AWS, they have 43% fewer security incidents. Okay, forty three percent is a lot of time. Yeah, that got freed up just by making the decision to do things a different way and leveraging, taking advantage of all of our best practices. And so we find our customers find they're more secure by coming to the cloud than they felt when they were in holding the keys, like you were saying. No, I can believe it. I mean, listen, we're all customers, you know, the world, most of the world, not everybody, you know, Amazon, we buy our shoes and water bottles and hairsprays, whatever we get that. And I think your, your beginning of your story is right. If Amazon doesn't want to go down, even though AWS is a separate division or whatever it is internally, you know, but stuff that Wall Street Journal talks about. <laughs> but um, All right. Another thing. And then Ben, I'd like you to feel free to drive the conversation. Anything I didn't ask you or anything you wanted sure. to touch on, but can you, can we paint a scenario? Um you know, I'm Rosie and I own a construction firm and feel free to restate the question. No problem. Sure. I'm yeah. Rosie. I own a construction firm. A, 
should Rosie be an AWS customer and why? But then there's Rosie, the construction firm who already who's getting software from vendor. And I guess they're a customer as well. She doesn't care who you are. She's just paying her $99 for whatever it is on their app. So that's two. And then, of course, there's maybe her her uh, software vendor, meaning like the smaller business, you know, who's having a custom app or something. I could be confusing things by now because you're the expert. But you're okay. a picture for me of who are some customers that may be like, yep, you could be a customer. You could be a customer and you, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to paint here. It sure does, Ramon. Okay. I, I'll, I'll frame it this way. Um, almost every industry, every business at some level is dependent on technology nowadays, mm -hmm. like from garbage removal in your mm -hmm. town to uh, the dentist, mm -hmm. to the construction site. Um, and it really comes down to, um, do you have a technology team that is managing how your applications, how that technology works together? Or are you, piecing it together from a bunch of different providers. Lots of ways to solve this problem. And you've experienced this where the problems you have when you're a one-person company and then a 10-person company and then a 100-person company are all different. That's right. Scale changes everything for a small and medium business. And so your needs when you're just a one-person shop, your technology needs are very, very different than than when you're a 100 person shop right. and, and that progression, I would, I would categorize it this way is first you're a consumer and you consume applications and, and that's where most people start. And then you start to get more advanced. Your, your needs go beyond what you can just pluck, you know, sort of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hypothetically off the shelf. Right. And, and those folks have to decide because a construction company is in the business of, of building buildings, right. Right. Not in, running technology. And so those first, when you get to that first plateau, many small businesses leverage a, a technology partner, a, a system integrator or a managed service provider. And they're basically outsourcing mm -hmm. the technology responsibility to a partner and they pay a fee, but that partner then provides them email, provides them laptops, provides them the scheduling and the, the the storage for the plans for the construction site and does those kinds of things. That may work for, again, that next plateau. Then if you get to, you know, let's call it 500 employees, right? Then you may outgrow that provider and now you have specific needs for specific clients, or you want to control how the data flows from your CRM system, where you keep track of your customers, to your accounting system, to your inventory system. Well, guess what? Those things don't talk to each other all by themselves, usually, right? And it requires somebody to go in there and, and put the plumbing of the data together. And so we see those customers then starting to invest in technology as a, as a capability. Yep. Right. And it's those folks then that probably are dealing directly with us. But I would say all of your customers are dealing with us, likely whether they know it or not. Either so the I like that. So in that example, both stacks are the Correct. as I grow, I may just go online, log in, whatever it is, because I have an internal, I have a few bends. Maybe yep. a few years ago when Ben, I don't know, I'll talk about you in a minute, but who are helping me in that 500 person company, they're customers of yours and or my MSP or software I'm using. I don't even, I've never even heard of AWS, but they are using it. Is that a fair? That is exactly right. Yep. Exactly right. Uh, and, and we see 
you know, companies of all shapes and sizes across that continuum. So really it comes down to your audience just kind of thinking about, you know, what does, what technology are they leveraging? Mm -hmm. Often it's what technology do they wish they could leverage? Because what you could do right now, I think we could all agree, got you here, mm -hmm. but is it enough to keep you competitive? Is it enough to keep you pushing the envelope and growing your business? Or are you continuing to innovate and respond to the changing customers? I was I was telling a good friend, uh, I've got a, a soon to be 21 year old next week, right? Nice. And, and I have to admit, right, if if my 21 year old can't reach your product or service from their phone, that's right. they're not buying it. Period. And that's a very different generational difference between me, um, who who will go to a website, I will, you know, actually go into a store as well, right, which is novel. Um, but all of the companies out there have to see this evolution of the consumer. And we have to react. And if if we don't react, if we don't iterate, iterate how we engage, then you're going to lose potentially access to that customer base. Mm -hmm. And that could hinder you know, your growth potential. And I think, I think all of us want to grow as fast and as far as we can. That's, that's why we become entrepreneurs. That's why we run a business. That's why we want to be our own boss. Um, and you want to find those ways to be able to innovate. And we like to say to anybody out there that the cloud and specifically AWS is all about innovation. It's all about doing experiments quickly, um, seeing what works. And if it doesn't work, turn it off, stop paying for it. Right. Like so the investment, the barrier to to innovate goes down and the speed that you can innovate in the cloud is significantly faster when it comes to technology than in the traditional uh, old school, old world. Right. Like you'd you'd have to say, oh, you know, for example, CDW, I need a quote for this server. Right. Or maybe you go on their website and you click and put it in your, your basket. Right. And then you then you wait for something to get delivered and then. You have to unbox it and put it in. And all of that takes time away from the the result that you're trying to get. And in AWS, you can almost instantaneously in a couple of clicks have the same capability that could take weeks or even months from a, a traditional provider. And it just it's changed the paradigm. And those who've who've leaned into it really are starting to experiment uh, a lot quicker. And uh, I'm sure you've you've heard of generative AI. Uh, you're not living under a rock uh, by any means. And, and nor are your customers, right? They're, they're probably exploring it and, and, and playing with it. And, and we encourage that. We're, we're so excited uh, as AWS that the buzz around generative AI, because we've been doing AI for a really long time, right? And we've been making things available to people. We just haven't maybe broadcasted as much as, as some of the others. Um, and uh, and for example, right, we talked about Amazon at the beginning and mm -hmm. I'm sure you've gone on and had the recommendations of others who've bought this or others who've looked at this, looked at these other models. And it allows you to kind of browse like you would walking through an aisle, but- And it's very helpful. It, it Good, right? Good. Well, that is artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, in, a, in a service called Personalize that you are familiar with from a consumer perspective, but AWS actually makes that available to any smaller medium business that wants to leverage it. And they could hook that into their own products and services and have recommendations in the same manner. They can leverage the same technology to do that. And I'm, 
I'm sure you've heard of Alexa and, and maybe you have one at the house, right? That same speech to text and 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 the way it responds, lots of those services and and the models that support those services are being made available to our AWS customers. So those that want to be on the the cutting edge of pushing the envelope for customer interaction, customer engagement in this new uh, generative uh, adapting way. Um, those are all things that we welcome. Um, but I will say this, we're taking a bit of a different approach, yeah. right? And this is important to understand. Um, we want to work backwards, um, which is a, a way of doing things at Amazon. Uh, uh, we want to work backwards from the customer. What yeah. problem are we solving? And we work backwards from that to determine what model and approach is going to be best to solving that problem. Um, and it, 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 and there, the, the beauty of our approach is that we're going to try and have as many models available because we don't believe it's going to be a one size fits all. Um, we believe that you're going to want to tailor a model or have a model that's right sized for the problem it's solving. Because you could have this big Ferrari of a model and, and really all you want to do is go to the neighbor's house you know, two blo two blocks over, right? And exactly. and it's just it's not the right fit, right? And yeah. and that's really what we want to encourage people. We love the excitement, right? That the excitement. We are excited because we believe too that this is probably the most transformational technology that we've experienced. If we go back to cloud, if we go back to the internet, like those are all big shifts yeah. in technology. Yeah. This is one of them, and and everyone should be looking at how can I take advantage of this? And those are the conversations we want to have. We want to talk about those, those business problems and how we can help solve them because we believe it's going to be transforming all of the customer interactions and making us more efficient, making us more effective. And that's what all small and medium businesses want and need to do because they, they just don't have the resources. They don't have the, the, the staff. They don't have the, the budgets. They need to be efficient. And these kinds of tools really can make a, a step function change. I didn't realize this, uh, Ben, about AWS when you mentioned the personalization Alexa. And I'm sure there's other things. I, I thought AWS, and again, that's why we're having this this discussion, right? <laughs> All this time, I thought AWS is just like a big storage place, you know, just throw your documents up there and apps, of course, you know, all the apps we use. But I didn't realize we could also plug into Amazon's expertise. So, and I'm sure this is only a beginning. So I'm a developer. I'm making an app for my customer or I'm a small business owner. I'm just repeating what I'm hearing. And yeah. I'm guessing that Alexa and Personalize are just two tools, but I can plug in uh, to either the ones you mentioned, or maybe you have developers doing other things. And I'm sure the geeks, you know, do their stuff in the background. They can just <laughs> plug that in and say, great, you built this. No, no, no. You don't have to hire anybody else to do personalization. Right here. Add this in and glue it. Is that, am I repeating it, what I'm you, you, You've nailed it, okay. right? It, it, we have 200 services, over 200 services mm -hmm. now, right? So it's not just storage and compute. Sure. Those are two of the big ones, database being another really big one. Mm -hmm. But we have everything from IoT to AI to ML to mm -hmm. security to uh, stuff for developers to, to control their work product and make it efficient to be able to release things faster. Um, it really, uh, from data and analytics. Um, and we look at um, a couple of things I want to share with sure, you, please. right? So, so we do have things for the developer, but a lot of your audience isn't going to have developers on staff. 
right? So we've got things for the developer, the builder, if you will, that can, you know, get in there and roll up their sleeves and, and put the Legos together, right? And and in machine learning, that could be adjusting the actual um, uh, frameworks that are being used and, and the models themselves, tuning them. So data scientists think really specialized resources. Not everybody can afford those. Not everybody has access to those. And so we have a, an abstraction layer up above that where we have uh, a, an offering called SageMaker and SageMaker Studio, which makes uh, a drag and drop ability to start doing some machine learning and AI development without having to have that deep expertise. You can start to be proficient and start to do things. And then we have another layer even on top of that, which is an abstraction layer that is just AI services that are all built. They're they're baked, right? They've tried, trued, and tested by us. And those are the things that developers or or anybody can plug into and use. And I'll, I'll just give you a perfect Please. example. You're hosting this podcast and, and you're going to have a recording that you could run through a tool that would translate it into Japanese, right? And, and translate and actually that would actually uh, take it all the audio and turn it into text. Uh, and then you could run that through something to summarize what we discussed. And so those are all different services that could be leveraged to just make your process, uh, just making it personal for you, um, even more effective and, and efficient. So think of a call center and mm -hmm. wanting to, you have all these recordings of all these calls, right? And, and we can actually take all those recordings, turn them into text, look at the text and see um, the things that are said that indicate a positive um, like sediment, if you will, the customer's happy, right? And the things that are said when that sediment is not happy, right? And we can see what the agents are saying and to see if it turns from being not happy to happy and what was done and then use that for training, use that to provide it to the next customer service agent so that they can provide a a better level of service to the next caller and allows that contact center or that customer service capability to evolve and allows it to get better as it learns, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And so it's, it's, it's fascinating, but it is all in an attempt to, to better serve the customer, which is again, why that, that working backwards process is so important is truly understanding your customer and your customer's needs is, is where it all starts. And then we've got, again, more products and, and more services in those products uh, that that you could ever want to play with. Uh, we've got more software on our platform and more partners um, that can help. And, and really, we're trying to make it as easy as possible, regardless of where you are in your journey. We want to meet you there. And then we want to help you along that journey. And so it's whether it's working directly with, with my team, whether it's working with a partner or a managed service provider, or whether it's just just buying apps like we we talked about and leveraging them. There's there's something for everyone. Um, and it really is just we want to help you push the envelope of your industry uh, and and be as effective and efficient in growing your business as you possibly can. I love this, Ben. You know what I think? I'm going to give you an idea. This is recorded, but it's Please. okay. You don't have to answer it right now, you know, <laughs> but I, I can see like somehow it'd be fun. Like Ben becomes America's or the, or small businesses innovation officer, like somehow like a fun campaign where to scale you and what you just said is so cool and so powerful. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but like somehow 
millions of small businesses could give input to you or Amazon AWS ish in some way. And like yeah. every week you're spitting out ideas or like, Hey, we're in construction. And maybe you have it already through, but that making these sense that I'm trying to say, it's just, I like it your does. vibe. I, I like I, how I'm, you're thinking, you know? I appreciate that. Uh, and that vibe and, and, and my perspective has, has been a couple of decades in the making. I've got some gray hairs and some experience along the way. Um, and I, I love my job because it's all about helping people. And I appreciate what you're doing because you're sharing, you know, these ideas with a broader audience. So it does allow me to scale. It allows us to scale and get, get the word out that we can, we're here to help. Um, and, and we do have, I have a team, uh, we have a bunch of partners that, that we we teach, um, but we have this this mental model that that I, I refer to as mom, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's easy to remember, right? And who, every, we, all, we all have that in common. We all have a mom, uh, but it's it stands for modernizing your business, optimizing your business. And the last one and the really important one is monetizing your business. Because if you're not monetizing it, then it's just a hobby, right? And and, and we're not in the business of hobbies. We're in the business of business. And so monetize is really important. And those are the three most popular topics of what customers are asking us to help them with and what our partners and the solutions are designed to, to help. But every customer, every one of your audience members, those three words mean different things to every single one of them. Which is why we can use the mental model as a, a framework, but we have to have the conversation of what does that mean to you, and then how can we help? Uh, and it's it's that conversation that we want to have, and and our partners want to have um, with anybody that's looking to innovate and be more agile serving their customers. I love it, Ben. Anything I didn't ask you or that you wanted to share uh, that I didn't touch on, or if, if everything's good, that's fine. But I feel like I talked to you for another hour. But anything you're like, Ramon, wait, wait, before we go, I want to mention. So there, there are two things, Ramon, I want to mention, right? Because you know the, your audience out there is going to go, oh, the cloud costs too much. <laughs> okay, because that's what they hear. Yeah. They hear, you know, people say their bills got out of control, things went crazy, mm-hmm. and I just want to say, um, you know, we go to great lengths to try and make sure that people only get value from the platform. Mm. We have actually reduced prices 129 times since we founded in, in 2006. I, I, I challenge your audience to go find another partner of any kind that has lowered their price you know, that, that many times. Right. And we do this because we are looking for operational efficiency. We operate at a scale, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, that are, that no one else does. And we're passing those savings on to customers. And we actually have uh, offerings, uh, one called Trusted Advisor. It's a free tool that actually tells you how to save more money. Like we point out where you're not being efficient so that you could turn things off and actually recoup that because we do not want you wasting money. That to us, that's not a partnership. That's not us doing... Our, our fiduciary responsibility is to help you run as, as operationally efficient as we can. And we've built tools that tell our customers how to spend less with us, which again, seems yes. counterintuitive to those who are trying to grow their business. But we believe in our core and as part of our, our, our culture, uh, our leadership principles is, is to be customer obsessed. And we believe that we help customers be effective at growing um, and saving money 
that ultimately they will grow and we will grow and 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 that makes the world a, a, a better place. So cost savings is important. Controlling your costs is important. I'm sure you've got some folks out there that are mm-hmm. accountants or controllers or head of finance. And, and, and it is important to know what you're spending your money on and only spend money on the things that you're getting value. We believe strongly in that. So visibility and controlling your costs. The other thing about the cloud that's unique is you can expand and contract. So if you need more, it's here. And, and so if you have a seasonal business and it has these spikes uh, in, in the cloud and in the AWS, you can shrink your bill for those low times and then you spike it up. So you may know that today is prime day, mm-hmm. right? And tomorrow, and guess what? There's going to be a spike in utilization of some of the Amazon services because of the, you know, intense mm-hmm. uh, you know, demand on, on the system. And we're going to spike for that. And then Amazon's going to shrink back down to normal levels after Prime Day is done. And that's a very unique thing that, again, we want small and medium businesses to be able to take advantage of is that agility to expand, to meet the needs of your customers and then contract. So you don't have this higher expense all the time because you bought a bunch of stuff that you don't need 24 by seven. So there's that. that. Wouldn't that be nice if if that was in all places like, you know, you're renting a booth at a at an ex- exhibit hall. And the vendor that has 10,000 people to their booth, they're going to pay a bit more. The vendor that doesn't is going to pay less. But unfortunately, physical space is just not like that. But I think that's the beauty of the cloud, as it were, is that elasticity, price and demand. And and, it, and I think, as you said, maybe that's part of the shared responsibility. Everybody's on it. So it, it, it evens out for you all to be profitable and for us. Because if I'm making a ton of money, I can afford to give some to Ben and team. But if I'm not making it, well, Ben, sorry. <laughs> And, and that's so. and again, we're I like to say we're we're in this together, yeah. right? We are truly we we view that word partner as an important word, and and that that's a two way street, um, and uh, and it's really important. The last thing I'll leave your you and your listeners with is is data. Mm. Data, everybody's got it. Everybody's got it. And if I'm honest, it's all over the place, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not organized real well. Um, very few out there have a a data strategy, but I think the executives that are out there know that there is some nuggets in there that they wish they could better understand. Mm. Uh, And it's an elusive thing that used to be only done by the big banks and the big enterprises who could afford a data warehouse or one of these big fancy things that allows you to grab uh, all your data and put it in one spot. And, And again, we want to help customers better understand their data, mm. better visibility into it and make better decisions. Sure. So that you're spending your time and your money growing your business, knowing what to do, knowing how to do things. And and uh, and data, again, can be valuable, not just to the decision makers, but it can be valuable to others. And the example I'll give just as a, again, a, a way to mm-hmm. kind of give you a, not even an analogy, just a good example. Uh, many have heard of ADP. Right? Sure. The, paycheck people, mm-hmm. uh, as I like to call them. Um, well, those guys have a data service on Amazon that they offer. You can you can subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. That is around uh, migrations of humans. Mm. Okay? So your paycheck, if it's through ADP, has your home address. And if you decide to move, guess what? You changed your home address of your paycheck. Um, and they, during the pandemic, when remote work became... All the, all the rage for all of us, a lot of people relocated out of cities like New York because they mm-hmm. didn't want to be in a high-rise touching elevator buttons, right? That's and right. so ADP has this 
human movement across the country. Like I live in Austin, Texas, and a lot of my new neighbors are from California, right? And so if you were an executive wondering where to put your next office, wouldn't you want to put it to a city that's growing versus one where maybe people are, are leaving, right? And it's just, it's a neat example that I think we can all relate to of data that has nothing to do with your paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's just data that they had laying around that they've packaged in a way that now is a service that can be consumed by anyone that may find that kind of information valuable to what they're trying. And it's to a do. win for them. It's, it's a, it's a, Hey, Absolutely. it shines it's their brand stream. ancillary data. Yeah. It's a new revenue stream for them. So that's, that's a nugget for, for everyone out there that I know they all have data and it could be valuable to others if you were able to to organize it and package it up in a way uh, that it could be uh, distributed and served up. No, I love that, Ben. I can't. I I hope we can talk again in the next few weeks. If there's another, I hope so. Ben, can you give me your full name and title one more time, please? Full name is Ben Schreiner, and I am the head of business innovation for US SMB. I love it. My name is Ramon Ray, publisher of zoneofgenius.com. You can find me at Celebrity CEO or get to know me better at RamonRay.com. And I get to talk to cool people like Ben that works with cool companies like AWS. Ben, to have cool conversations. (laughs) Thanks for your time today, Ben. I appreciate you very much.